In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has a single-minded purpose for us, and that is to call us to be His disciples today and forever. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you at multitasking? You answer that question with one another, and uh, and and that that kind of, that concept, that term, multitasking, is something that people who know me will oftentimes invoke a scowl and a, an inward suppression to say certain words that I shouldn't as a pastor, because. I sincerely believe that multitasking is of the devil. (laughs) That multitasking is just not a good thing. And in fact, I have science to back me up on this. Science, there have been all sorts of different articles that tell you that there are only approximately 2.5% of people in the world who can adequately multitask. One of them is a hero of mine, Mr. George Bernard Shaw, who uh, was, uh, back in the day, he could do two things at once with two different hands. He would uh, write music. He would also write prose. Um, He is a freak of nature. And you are not him. We know who George Bernard Shaw is because he's George Bernard Shaw. And so when people say, well, you know, I should be multitasking, I I want to reach across and just kind of slap them around a little bit and say, you're not created for that. That is not your design. And in some ways, that's what Jesus is getting at here in this gospel text. He's getting at this sense of stop trying to multitask me. He's calling disciples to himself. He's getting ready for next Sunday when he's going to be sending them out as the 72 into all of the the different villages around him. And he's calling them to himself. And he's trying to make sure that he's getting the right guys. And the wrong guys are the guys who are trying to multitask him. They're the guys that are saying, well, Lord, I'll follow you. And sometimes they volunteer, sometimes he calls them, sometimes it's ambiguous which one it is. But every time we get the sense that the guys that he doesn't want are the guys who say, I'll do that, but first. Which really means that kind of like along the way, like I'm your disciple right now, Jesus, but while I'm your disciple, I I want a little bit of a break so that I can go and do this. Which is essentially what we all do when we say that we're multitasking. Because when we say that we're multitasking, we're actually not multitasking unless you're George Bernard Shaw or one of those 2.5% of people. What you are in fact doing is just distracted working. And so you you do something for a second or two and then you switch. And then you do something else for a second or two and then you switch. And then you do something else for a second or two and then you switch. You're just really good at switching. You're not actively multitasking. And and that's what Jesus is recognizing here. He's saying, you're not following me with your whole heart. You're you're switching back and forth all of the time. And what I want is somebody who's going to follow me completely. And that brings the question back home to us then. 
Well, where, where are we trying to multitask in our discipleship with Jesus? How are we telling Jesus, okay, Lord, I'll follow you. I, I will be your person. I will be your baptized child. I will have my entire life wrapped up in you. But first, I want to watch Netflix. Um, yeah, but first, I need to check Facebook. But first, I need to do all of these things. In fact, uh, th- there's this thing out there that seems to be sort of either a byproduct or a contributing factor into all of this multitasking craziness. And it is a, it's an acronym of FOMO. Anybody know what FOMO is? No? A few of you? It's the fear of missing out. And what people say about the fear of missing out is that the fear of missing out is something new for our culture, something that comes around because of the technology that we have. It's not that we didn't fear missing out on things before, but rather that missing out on things before was unavoidable. So if you moved into a different area code from your friend, you probably just said, I'm going to miss out on that friend. I'm, I'm not going to be able to talk to them uh, without paying long distance fees. Some of you remember what those are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep up with them. I'm not going to do any of that. I, I'm just going to miss out. But now because of the technology that we have, we, we have this ability to sort of fool ourselves into thinking, okay, there is this huge, expansive network of stuff that I could possibly be missing out on. I feel this way, speaking of Netflix, every time I open up Netflix. Or Amazon Prime, or Hulu, or HBO Go, because we watch a lot of TV. And I look at all of those things that are curated out there, and I go, how on earth am I ever going to watch all of this? Because it's there, and I think it's there, so I should be watching it. Otherwise, I'm going to be missing out on that. But it's not just that way with Netflix. It's not just that way with our social media and the friends that we have around us who may be, at this point, in different countries, and we still feel afraid that we're going to be missing out on their lives. It's all sorts of stuff that we we've all of a sudden feel like there is this burden upon us to be people who multitask our entire lives. People who multitask our leisure. People who multitask our entertainment. People who multitask our spirituality. People who multitask our jobs. People who multitask almost anything that you can think of. And it is crazy. And that's what Jesus is pointing out in this reading, is that it's crazy to try to split ourselves into all of these different smithereens in order for us to try to end up in a place where we're not going to be missing out on something. You know, there's this, uh, this meme on the internet that I love. 
And uh, it, it's this thing where it's usually a picture of some kind of epic fail. And the, this epic fail, of whatever it was, and uh, the, the tagline goes, you had one job. And, and so it, it'll be usually some kind of sign or some kind of construction project that someone has absolutely botched. And the line will say, you had one job. And it's usually pretty funny, honestly. But there's also a part of that that I don't think that they were intending, but I think is the other part that makes me enjoy that meme, which is that it gets me to imagine a world in which I had one job. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful day that would be. We don't have that right now. All of us have various vocations. We have vocations of roles with our family. This week, being 4th of July, it's very clear to us that we have uh, vocations in being citizens. We have vocations with our jobs, with our schools. We have vocations with our friends. We have vocations that are so expansive. And we're forced in this sinful world that we live in to do what we hate and to multitask. To go, I, I have to do all of these things. And so in order to do all of those things, I have to separate them out and, and start working on each of them individually and try to keep, make sure that all of the plates are spinning. And we get so exhausted that when somebody says something like, you had one job, we get so jealous. No matter what that job is, if that job is working at McDonald's and that's the only thing that I have to do for the rest of my life, would you like fries with that? Because it sounds so beautiful and so restful and like such a great thing. And that is what Jesus is modeling in this gospel lesson. If you see what Jesus is doing in this gospel lesson, it says he sets his face toward Jerusalem. That's a Hebraism. It, it's a, a, a sort of an idiom that Jewish people would use. It means he, by setting his face to Jerusalem, he is making that the only thing that he cares about. That's his one job. And his one job for us is to go to the cross. His one job for us is to raise from the tomb. His one job for us is to save us. So that one day, we will be in a resurrection with him. In that resurrection, our existence in that resurrection... It'll be our one job. To be there with God. To celebrate and rejoice with Him. Now don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that life is going to be boring in the resurrection. It doesn't even mean that your life today should be boring. But... It's through that lens of saying, I am going to follow my Lord with my whole heart, with my whole mind, 
with my whole being, with my whole soul, that it is through that gateway that we receive back everything that the people that are saying, yeah, Jesus, but I need to do this, that, and the other thing. Jesus says, don't do the but. Do the follow me and I will give you all that you need. And that, that's a risk. I get it. That's a risk. It feels so risky to say, okay, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, and I'm not going to try to figure out all of this other stuff about when I'm going to bury my father or when I'm going to say goodbye to my parents or when I'm going to do all of the things that I have to do, when I'm going to watch all of those things on Netflix. And Jesus says, follow me first. And you'll get all of that stuff. And you go, but I, I don't know, Jesus. That, that doesn't sound like it really is going. And Jesus says, that's why I call it faith. Because faith is just another side of risk. And so may you, this week, take the risk and the faith of saying, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And I'm not going to put a but in there. I'm going to follow you. And we'll see where this goes. Because I trust you. May that be your week. Amen.